You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Happy 4th of July, Sitok. Thank you. Are the aliens coming? Are they going to blow the White House up? Are they going to kidnap us and Jeff Goldblum's going to save us? I don't know. It's, the day's not over yet. Oh, maybe that's <laughs> in the evening time. Is that what you think of when you think of Independence Day? I think of that <laughs> and America becoming... An, I think of the Boston Tea Party. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. You should just do a little more research. <laughs> I think about. I mean, that's part George of the whole Washington. process of us having a Fourth of July. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all I like to say is like, you lost, we won. That's it. Yes. <laughs> the filthy limeys were sent away, and you listen to you using the derogatory term, and you got to have the um, country to yourself. That's fine. It's not perfect, but it's good. I I'm very happy to be an American and in America. Nothing's perfect. So let me explain to you, on Independence Day, there are fireworks. If, by any chance, you hear fireworks, just take it as our celebration. Yeah, because you're not listening to this on 4th of July. We're actually recording this. You might be listening, and and I'm talking, and Sid Talk's dulcet tones are going off. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, you hear firecrackers. Well, that is why. Not that we're setting firecrackers off in the office. No, and I think it's really insulting that people think if you don't like fireworks, you don't like Independence Day. It's complete and utter bullshit because I've never liked fireworks and I'm probably one of the most I love America people, but in a different way than a lot of people probably claim to with their brainwashiness. But that's a whole other subject. Not to be discussed today. But yeah, I'm not a firework fan. Since my brother threw fireworks under my chair when I was a small child, he's 10 years older than me, that just never, ever, ever made me have fun, ever. So I don't like them. I don't like the random nature of them. <laughs> you know when you sat there and then they just... You, you, you're not in control of them. Yeah, if you're doing it, it is very different. Yeah. Obviously, it's like you playing a video game and the sound of your video games makes me want to come over and smash your computer or your controller because it's so random and you're like, what? What? Well, it's that. That's yeah. exactly it. Well... <laughs> it makes me want to smash the fireworks. <laughs> I say, you know, celebrate your own, your way you want to do it. We can set, we can handle it for a few days of the year, and then we all move on. All right, so it is Saturday, July the 4th, after the show, number 641. And no, we are not reviewing Independence Day. <laughs> I'll give you a quick review of Independence Day. It's awesome. <laughs> you like it? It's my recommendation, so... You- yeah. One of them. It's a, you know, it's just like of its time. It's dumb. Dumb, but really fun to watch. And there was nothing quite like it at the time. Correct. So it's kind of a, you know, in the film history. It is of its time. Yes. So um, the movie we're really looking at is a movie called Guns Akimbo. It's a 2020 movie. It's actually out now on Blu-ray. We got a digital copy to review. So it's on all the digital platforms. It's rated R for strong violence, 
No shit. And it's from our friends at Lionsgate, who sent us the copy for review. Sid Talk, you give us the, um, you know, synopsis. And then mm. I won't give you the one off the box, because I don't have a box. <laughs> right. Um, so, synopsis is tough on this one. It's just a commentary on current society and, you know, with the um, lapping up people's violent tendencies but wanting to watch it from the safety of your telephone or behind a computer screen and thinking you're super cool by doing that and sort of showing the vulgarity of it on one side and this guy gets wrapped up in it i'm pretty sure that's not what would be on a box no probably not <laughs> it'd probably say like what would it in say? an a in a world where that's what i hear <laughs> in a world where what? Anyone can watch murder from behind the TV yeah, screen. Yeah, it's that, it's that scenario. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. The, it's um, the internet show, as this channel, you can go on and you can watch people murdering each other. It's like my- a game. It becomes a video game, but real life. Yeah, real life video game. and That would have been a better synopsis. That is the scenario. But then it's trying to have a point as well, which gets a little bit lost, but we'll get on to that whenever we're talking about it. Yeah, so um, that is what the scenario So. There might be spoilers here. If you are sensitive to spoilers, come back later when you've watched the movie. Yeah, and I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I'm usually anti-spoiler, but then there are some movies I just don't care enough about. Even though I enjoyed this movie a lot, I don't care if I talk about spoilers, and so I'm a hypocrite because I don't have a hard line about not talking about spoilers. So if you don't want it spoiled and you don't want to know what it's about, go watch it. It's streaming, I assume, at this point. For I everyone. Mean, I mean, you can, yeah, it's, it's on all the platforms. You can rent it. Don't wait for us to tell you to go see it. Just go watch it. So, um. Not with the children. <laughs> so this is, uh, it's in the vein, if you've seen other films, like I said to you, these are the films I thought of almost instantly. Um, Kingsman, Kick-Ass, and Scott Pilgrim in a way, because there's a lot of video game references. Turbo to Kid. The- Turbo Kid. So it's in the, that vein. It's like a lower budget, um, ultra violent, very stylish. Hobo with a shotgun. Hobo with a shotgun. Everything's lit um, in a particular like neon way. You know, it's, it's cool to look at. It's, it's got, got that modern Insta vibe, as yeah. some people would say with the pretentious tone in their voice. There's a lot of CG special effect type stuff. There's a lot of stunts. Uh, it's not a horror movie. As such, it's more of a, what would you call it, like a, an hmm. action movie? Yeah, I'd just say action. Even though these, this director is more of a horror director. But it's still, it's full of gore and there's a lot of people getting shot and there's some gross stuff. Yeah, you know. It's not horror though. It might be horrific, but it's yeah. not horror. But it's, it's at the high end of violence, let's say. But so violent, it's like a cartoon. I mean, it's... it's Yeah, because if you think about it, even they referenced, like, Rocky, right? So you've got Rocky beating the crap out of somebody. You've got um, Rambo blowing up a bunch of people. You've got Chuck Norris beating the shit and killing a bunch of people. That's all violent. Yeah, and they, all those things you just mentioned are referenced, all of them. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them are. I mean, it references all kinds of things, mm-hmm. this movie. Because it's obvious that the people who made the movie, they love video games, they love movies and pop culture... And, you know, the star of this movie is Mr. Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter. A.K.A. Harry Potter. Um, One thing I didn't notice, which was in the trivia for this movie, is that um, Nyx, our heroine character, 
had Harry Potter tattoos on her hands. <laughs> But that was just, you know, we didn't That's know it. That's funny. So. <laughs> you mean she had him on as the character or the real the performer lady does? She No, she doesn't really have that. Oh, name. okay. <laughs> she, the, the Nick's character is a I would have been Potter like, fan. awkward on the set. So Harry Potter exists in that universe. Is Got it. <laughs> which is funny. So, um, Which tells you when she was a girl, before the shit at the fan, she was just a girl. Yeah. And now she's a killing machine. True. So, um... Tell them how this movie starts, because I think it's quite a good opening to it. It is. I mean, it's a canned opening. You know, a guy living a shitty life, right? Mm-hmm. Just, like, he's Mr. Nobody, wasting his life away, working at a shitty company, feels bad about himself, broke up with his girlfriend, or his girlfriend broke up with him. It's pretty much the beginning or opening frame of so many movies. That's all it really is. And he becomes, to get out his own frustrations, because he's kind of like nothing. He's mealy and wishy-washy. He just goes on the internet and trolls the trolls, which means all the people on the internet who say horrible things or do horrible things, he's the one that tags all their videos, turns them into YouTube, makes snotty comments back to them, you know, like tries to get them taken down. Yeah. So that's his way of... Doing something in the world, but not, it's not overt or anything. It's just, he looks like a sleazy little guy on this computer, like, bitching at people. And then, one of the people he bitches at turns out to be the guy in charge of this murder game, and that's them. That's bad. Yeah, so don't, don't bitch at the murder game <laughs> person, ever. Um, and the murder game's called? Schism. Yeah, and it's like, a, you know, it's this thing. It's like that movie Nerve that I like. With Emma Roberts. I mean, they set a challenge for one person, two people to go against each other, and then everyone live streams it with drones and all that kind of stuff until one person is dead. And yeah. then that's it. But the crux to this whole It's opening. also kind of like Running Man. You, people are watching. Yes, it's like that. But to see modern. this, yeah. I feel like it's if they did a modern day Running Man, it would, it would involve the internet and sure. drones, wouldn't it? Um, so the crux, though, to the, the big thing to this is when he you know, chooses to say something to this guy who owns the thing, they come after him. Mm -hmm. And what they do to him is some (laughs) gross surgery, which you probably wouldn't survive, I don't think. The way they they did it with, like, power tools and stuff. You have to suspend your (laughs) level of belief on this one. And then um, our hero, uh, Miles, wakes up with pistols, like, fastened to his hands with metal uh, bolts. They're more than pistols. Yeah, well, they, they're special kind of like... Um, yeah. They're pistols. They've got 50 rounds ready each. Yeah. They're like video game pistols. They've got like a heads-up display and everything. But they're actually fastened to his hands, so he can't use his hands for anything else, really. They're not just fastened to him. They bolted through his hands. That's hand. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, to hold them on. It's not like he could it's even... It's like a metal contraption that's yeah. gone through his bones and everything. It's like, it looks really terrible. Kind of like Saw. <laughs> yeah. Something you'd see in Saw. It looks like one of the most painful things ever. But he doesn't seem to be in that much pain. It's more of the the, whole, the crux of the movie. A lot of the beginning of it is how do you do regular things when you've got guns in your hands without shooting yourself or without... Shooting you know, somebody else. Yeah, how do you use your cell phone, for instance? So he has to work out a way of like... The first thing I said to you was, oh, when he woke up, I said, how the hell would you have a pee? That was the first thing that came in my head. Or wipe head. your butt. Yeah. And then a little bit later, they show you the having a pee part. So they make, it's a lot of fun. Like it's you know it's it's on it's got a lot of comedy to it, right? I mean, it's 
It's that dark comedy. Yeah, like, tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. So, you know, he, then he gets assigned an, an opponent by this schism thing, who's this badass chick called Nyx. And then she's, it's like her coming after him, like the Terminator, and him being a bumbling kind of, I, I'm not used to this thing. It's sort of like the, the wrestling. She's sort of the current, you know, top of the food chain with these. She's the one that keeps taking out all the big badasses. So now he's assigning her to this guy. Yeah, and then the the main thing is her chasing him and him not being used to it. And never really, never actually killed anybody. <laughs> now he's got these guns. Whether he kills people, does he kill people, or does he try not to kill people? You know, it's that, and it's a lot of mm-hmm. moral things. Nah, it barely touches on his morals, like I, without even talking about it. I thought, it. like, for, you know, until about two thirds of the way in when he decides, spoilers, that he'll decide, you know, he kills people, right? One, one he kills accidentally, the cop. Yeah. And that kind of leads him into be, you know, he decides to use the guns against the bad guys. Like, no, it wasn't the cop he killed. It was the, one of the gang members at that, were those two drug dealers. It was one of them. Oh, I mean, he shot the cop, not killed him. He shot him, yeah. But yeah. then he killed the one guy with the, the one of the bad guys. But then, you know, the finale obviously leads to full on him killing people and she, she's killing people. And this is where, like, a movie that's trying to have a thing, it kind of gets a little mishy-moshy because we're told, first of all, we see him being kind of, you know, he's afraid of everything, so he hides behind his computer to be the whatever he is on the internet to begin with. Then his ex-girlfriend says to him, like, basically, you're a nice guy. You are just a nice guy in a different kind of conversation, right? You're just a good guy. And then that's supposed to plant a seed in our head, I'm assuming, if you were writing it, as I would think, is that he's going to stick to that. And no matter what you do to him, you can surgically plant, put guns in his hand. You can make him run for his life. You can make this insane scenario going around him, but he's going to hold on to who he is. And that's it. And that totally gets lost. There is none of that. And yeah. so I felt like that was sort of pointless to get us started down that road. Not, it wasn't even like a twist or anything. It wasn't like you had a hero moment where he's like, dun-dun. Not like Ripley, you know, climbing in the thing. No. <laughs> or in Aliens where she gets the thing and then she's like, stay away from her, you bitch. Like, that's the moment where you're like, oh, holy shit, right? He doesn't have any of that. It just sort of, he bumbles his way into it, stumbles his way in, and then it's sort of like he's forced... But not in a direct hero moment kind of a way. And maybe I'm just looking for the formula, and that makes me, you know, kind of yeah. some of the boring. Fun- but Some of the really funny things in the movie I liked were um, the baddies look a particular way. They're kind of <laughs> yeah. like, like punk-looking cyberpunk, I would say. That Is kind that of what thing. they are? Yeah. I think they look like rejects from an S&M house or something. They look really dumb. What's really funny about them, though, is one of their, their programmer guy, the director of the <laughs> thing, he, like, decides, oh, these guys are fucking idiots. So he just speaks out. He and talks he says, back to the guy. Yeah. And he says to them all, you're just like Streets of Rage mid-bosses, which <laughs> yeah. if you've ever played Streets of Rage, there is a guy with, like, a leather kind of gimp hat on, <laughs> and there's a guy with, like, a... You know, like a bald guy who looks like he came from the Hills of Eyes or whatever. Like, and then that's bit, what they all look like for sure. Yeah. So he calls them out. That was one of my favorite lines. It was obvious these people were into video games who wrote this. And another one which I loved was when she said, 
if you've learned anything from video games to him, <laughs> you uh, want to go in the direction where the enemies are because that's the right way. And right. We, I know that very well from anybody who's played video games. If you think you're going the wrong way, because like, this doesn't seem familiar and there's nobody here, just go the way where you hear the noises coming from. We're playing The Last of Us 2 at the moment. I've done it several times already. You actually explained this to me. Yeah. Very clearly. Oh, no, no. I'm like, why are you going this way? And you're like, well, because. Yeah, you'll say as a non-game, because you don't play I'm like, isn't there another way? Can't you go around these people? And you're like, "Uh, nope, you got to go through them. You've said it quite a few times to me. Why are you going through there? All the people are in there. I'm like, yeah, that's how (laughs) video games work. You you go through there, kill the people, and then come out the other side. So That's the video game formula. The video, there's definitely the people who made this like video games, include, and they also like crazy stuff like Rambo, and they make like references to movies, like the baddies have catch lines that are straight from movies, Did but you not know? all overtly. Did you know it's like it's... the 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 guy who was about to give her the Chelsea smile, that actual line, oh, yeah, yeah, from the craze. Um, was it from the craze? Yeah, I thought it was from Batman. No, it's from the craze that one. Are you sure it's not the Joker's flashback to when his father in one of the Batmans made him uh, have the smile on his face all the time? It's from the craze with the Spando Bally brothers. Hmm. And they give the guy the Chelsea smile on the snooker table. Um, there was he also said a couple of other things. The the baddies deliver lines from movies, so like people love movies. The, The finale, the big finale, plays a song from the Karate Kid. Over the top of it, 80s song, neon lights everywhere. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, true. It's got like a, there's definitely a vibe to it. What What the other music? The music was pretty good all the way through. You yeah. Spin Me Right Round was in there. I don't ever recall music that well, so When the Shit me. Goes Down by yeah. Cypress Hill was in there. <laughs> That's some good advice right there. And they used that in a funny way, didn't they? Like the, the way it was used. Uh, cause, because earlier on, the Reese Darby character actually said, when the shit goes down, you've got to be ready. And he was like looking at him, and then they played the song a bit later. So um, the comedy is good, I thought. You've seen this this director's previous movie, his only other movie, Deathgasm. Mm-hmm. Um, and did that? I've not seen it. Did that have the same kind of goofy slapsticky? Kind it's goofy of- and slapsticky, yes, but very different vibe. It's more like you liken some of the camera work to Evil Dead, and it has more of that because it's about summoning up evil spirits and whatnot, but in a very comedy right. New Zealand kind of way. Yeah, we didn't mention this is a New Zealand director and a New Zealand film, but where was it filmed? Germany? Yeah, Berlin and... New Zealand. Yeah. So it's it's a bit weird because it's a New Zealand director, it's filmed in Germany and New Zealand, and then the people in the movie use, like, Daniel Radcliffe, who's your most recognisable person... Does an American accent. Which is unnecessary. The baddie, who's Irish, does like a Scottish accent. But not. But not. Then (laughs) then sometimes an American, who knows what he's going to use. Maybe that was his deal. Like, I'll just do this fucked up. I just don't think he was very good at it, I'm afraid. (laughs) No. Um, Samara Weaving, who's also Australian. I don't know what she did. It was generic. like Very generic. She wasn't. She didn't Is it like a Australia. sign of pride for an actor, actress, performer, person to have done a quote-unquote successful American accent in a movie? Like, that's sort of like the hard one to nail or something? 
So like they try it. Yeah, but like it's a, not when you're that. When you're that thing, like uh, I'm that thing. I'm an American. Anything that sounds like it's forced, you're like, ah, that sounds odd. And you're the same with British accents if somebody's well, trying to force it. The body, like I know how an Irish person sounds particularly well. And I was like, but you what? couldn't even tell what he is no, until you looked him up. I felt like he was trying all kinds of stuff. Like he was just going for either that or he was, maybe his character, maybe he was just like, no, I'll just. A bit I mean, let's not forget, he was criminally insane. So, yeah. you know. So it could have been that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you don't, you wouldn't know it was an Australian, I mean, New Zealand. You wouldn't know it was a New Zealand movie watching it because nobody is being New Zealand apart from <laughs> Reese Darby who's just playing himself basically, right? A homeless version. And who's Reese Darby? Who Darby. is Reese Darby? He is the manager from Flight of the Concords. What else is he in? He was in uh, one of the new episodes of The X-Files. Yes, he was. The, actually, uh, Mulder and Scully versus the werewolf yeah which is was one of the best episodes of the <laughs> it was good yeah he's a comedian you've probably heard him he does voices as well in cartoons and stuff um, yeah he's been on bob's burgers has he mm-hmm. i liked him in this because he was just in there for a bit of comic relief and it was just a small part right but it was funny he he's always funny to me just the way he delivers his lines but i feel like he plays himself but there again, they let Reese Darby have his own accent. Yeah, exactly. And if watching the movie, you're like, oh, you know, I knew it was a New Zealand film, but I wouldn't have known if I hadn't looked or been told. Watching it, I'm like, no, this is an American film, surely, right? It feels like an American film. But the question always is, why can't Daniel Radcliffe have his own British accent in this movie? Yeah, I don't get that People either. move all over the world. And if he works in a video game company, it's like a shitty video game that make, company that makes really crappy ones where you have to keep buying, putting money in, putting money in. It's one of those. It's like a Candy Crush like a situation. Clicker. yeah, and um, Or a gambling one, you know? Well, all, he can totally be just a British guy who works in New York City. It's yeah, of he not... Can. That weird. We have British people where I work, and we live in the middle of America. You know what I mean? I just don't get it. I don't get why you add the challenge. Maybe when it, it comes doesn't down to like something like this, like Daniel Radcliffe going. I'd l- I've never played an American. I just really like to do it. I here. don't know. That just adds complication when it doesn't add to the character. If it's like something where the character's just like James Bond, who is a British agent for the British government, right? Yeah. You're going to want him to have a British accent. Me, personally, I think that makes sense. Even then, he could be from somewhere else. I don't know. We can move forward and progress, I guess. But that's one of those characters where you're like, this it's grounds him in who he is. This has none of that. It doesn't even matter. No. They could have been speaking Spanish. It would have been fine. <laughs> like, people, it doesn't matter. There really is people from all nationalities in the cast. Mm-hmm. But, like, everybody tries to sound like... I just think that would add to your stress every day. And if the scene wasn't quite right, you'd have to keep redoing it. And like, just get, you know, most of us, well, I'm actually wrong there. I was about to say most of us don't care. But let's be real. What's the real problem? People say, oh, I can't understand anything he's saying. Yeah. (laughs) If they talk with their own accent. So, you know, maybe we're in the minority here. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think that is the problem, actually, with... um why they make everybody sound just generic American in TV and stuff. 
because they don't want people to have to put the subtitles on. Oh, yeah. Goodness forbid. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, we, we've we've actually seen British TV shows with British people talking with subtitles at the Correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's weird. We've also seen that on American shows too. Yep. With people from the South, and they just, like, subtitle them. And you're like, that seems a bit insulting that they're speaking English. It seems really weird. (laughs) So, um, the yeah, I liked how this movie... So, as a general opinion on the movie, I like these type of movies. You know, I love Kick-Ass, and I like the ultra-violent kind of comic book-y... This isn't based on a comic book, but there is a comic book kind of twist to it, if you know what I'm saying. Not really. No, at the end. Yeah, but that's not a twist of any kind. It just is... Um, but it's not based a on a loose end book. getting tied up. Also, um, this movie's called Guns Akimbo, but in the US, apparently, um, I was just reading, the Lionsgate dropped the word guns, so it's just called Akimbo, mm. which doesn't really make any sense, because Guns Akimbo means having two guns. So, um, <laughs> just being called Akimbo means... Uh, two. But, uh, I, I guess? I, this just means two? Yeah, I guess they didn't want to be associated with the word guns, mm. uh, a certain time when it came out so um that there's that but as far as the movie goes i like this kind of thing i like i really like uh kick-ass and kick-ass 2 and i like that kind of frenetic energy thing that the camera does like the camera this looks really good this movie it's lit really well it looks really good it's it got, does, but it gets a bit much. It's got I mean, bizarre camera angles. And we like, get it. We get it. You're being creative. We get it. Calm down. That's kind of how I felt sometimes. Like, okay, okay. Well, my favorite scene was uh, when you get f- introduced to Nick's and they go, like, here's motherfucking Nick's on the, f- on the screen. Like, who's Nick's? And then, yeah. says, and then it shows you her, like, take out a whole warehouse full of people. But in, like, this really crazy sequence where the camera's spinning around and she's, like... She's just killing everybody in this room, all these bad guys. And, you know, they all look like Streets of Rage rejects. And uh, it was just really well choreographed and cool to look at. And there's slow motion bullets flying and, you know, a bit of bullet time. Okay, I'll be the old lady and say, enough is enough with the ultra violence. It doesn't do anything. It does, isn't necessary for us to see blood flying out of 25 different people with extreme reactions to being shot and her being super ultra portrayed as super ultra cool and collected and very sexy and hot and all that stuff all mixed together. It just is a little bit much. Like, I get it. I'm not opposed to violence in movies and fiction. I get it. But then it's just like, oh, it's dripping with it, which is it's like it's overflowing. It's too much at some point. I mean, it's got its, it's, got its thing and it sticks to it. The entire time. Um, it's not just that. It's not just its thing. It's sort of overdone at times when it that takes away from the rest of like the the goodness of the the movie itself. I think. Uh, one thing I didn't expect from watching it, because I didn't know what it was going to be properly, was how like it is kind of funny. There's a lot of funny commentary to stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like when he starts talking to the homeless man and he needs some food. Um, there's all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just slapsticky, but. Yeah, but there's a lot of jokes for a movie that deals in just like ultra violence and killing, and there's a lot of jokes all the way through it. And some of them are stupid. Don't get me wrong. There's some real dumb jokes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, there's some penis jokes, right? 
Yeah, I watched it. I know. Dumb jokes pretty much covers it. There's a lot of that. That's what I'm saying. If you go both directions where it's like dumb mixed with ultra cool mixed with ultra violence and yet you have no real big message mixed in there, then it's just all that stuff all mucked up in a bucket where it doesn't follow. It doesn't make its point with any of those things. If you want to be dumb and goofy then that's your thread. But it isn't dumb and goofy all the way through. It's very, it got, it gets it serious and it's dark moments and it's like heavy, you know, moral choice occasionally coming in there. But I think it's just, it was like somebody going a little bit too much with their style over substance. Yeah. And what, ever uh, so much. One of the things I thought about it too, I did like how it all goes off and, but like, it's never really that surprising. There's a couple of twists and turns, which I didn't kind of... I mean, I, I didn't see one of them coming, but most of them I did. And then it wraps up at the end. And it's not particularly satisfying. Correct. In that way. It just I come out of it going, well, I had some cool visuals and some fun music and like some interesting characters. But as a whole thing, it doesn't really do anything. Correct. Like it, and I know not everything has to say something or... Yeah, but it's like it's trying to and mm. failing. And that might be where it feels yeah. a bit like hollow in some way. Like it's, you know, like you, you're kind of wanting something else or a bit, a bit more of something. And maybe that's just a trap we set for ourselves, wanting, hmm. uh, you know, more from story. I don't know. So let's move on to the cast. Daniel Radcliffe plays Miles. What did you think of Daniel? He was good. Who's Daniel again? Daniel Radcliffe. He's just an actor guy. <laughs> a British actor with... Who does an American accent? Yeah. <laughs> um, let me just say, I've never seen the Harry Potter films. None of them. You've seen one. No, I didn't actually see the whole thing. It what? was playing on like TV, and I watched like the first bit. Mm. So no, I haven't seen that one. I saw up to it was the first movie, and somebody they were in some house, and something got delivered at the house. Is that right? Am I, am I remembering it right? Down the chimney or something? It's literally like the first minute. Yeah, that's that's the part of song. You didn't stop watching the movie. I did. It was just on like a, like when you're watching TV and then the commercials came on. And then I just never went back and watched the rest of it. I didn't intend to watch it. I turned on when it was on. Mm. So I haven't seen any of it. So I don't know if da- Daniel Radcliffe's a great actor or anything. Because I haven't seen him in anything else, have we? I don't recall anything. I mean, there might be something. Sure, there's there's... Wasn't he in? Was it him in that one with the? Oh look, I'm, I'm the on heist, the page. or was that the, the heist? Hobbit? It wasn't called the heist. It was a heist, mm. and uh, he was like, uh, they wanted oh. him to be his lookout guy. No, but we have seen him in something. Okay, Swiss Army Man. Oh yeah, he played a dead body, <laughs> right the entire time. Challenging. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, I've, that's it. I haven't seen... I've looked at all the others, not seen anything. So I've seen him play in a dead body that farts. That's literally what he was, right? Mm-hmm, pretty much. Interesting movie, that, by the way, Swiss Army Man. You make it sound riveting by your description. <laughs> Isn't it? It's interesting. I thought... I thought I've never seen anything quite like that movie. Let, let me say it's that. It's challenging. Yes. Yeah, I liked it, but yeah, it's a challenge. So that's all I've ever seen him in, and he's literally dead in the movie. So, you can say, I, I don't know about his acting. It seemed a bit wooden, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, like a coffin. Wooden. I get it. 
Um, so, Daniel Radcliffe, did you like him in this? Do you yes. Think he, he committed to this, right? It seemed like he was really into it. So I, I really enjoyed his uh, every little bits and pieces that he did. From struggling with the hands with the guns to, you know, I just thought he did a good... I was never... He wasn't over the top, which in this situation would be very easy to be, like, super hammied up. You know, this is a very extreme kind of a movie, and I feel like he just was that guy. Yeah. And um, Samara Weaving, who we were introduced to very recently, we haven't seen her before, in Ready or Not, which I love that movie. I thought it was really good. You did. Yeah, so... She was, if you remember Ready or Not, she was the bride who got married in that, who was the subject of the hunt, and they were hunting her through the house. Mm-hmm. So I in this, know. she's like the hunter. She's like the True. cool trick who's... She's the best one. She's out there. That was another one that was like ultra, like uncomfortable violence, but portrayed in a way that's like... Because the characters in the movie have no real moral compass about it. Yeah. And you're just like, what? Like, this is really uncomfortable to watch, but it was, that was good too. I like that one. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I thought it was, it was surprising. Like, I didn't expect, I didn't actually know what it was. So when I was watching, I was like, oh, this is what it is. It's like The Hunt, but it's in a house, you know? Mm hmm. So, um, Samara weaving in this, she's, I thought she was pretty cool in it, to be honest. But they go a bit far with the jokes and stuff and trying to make her really, really be super cool. Yes. Uh, you know, like the when she lost her fingers and she's like, oh, now that's a lonely Friday night. Like, yeah. It's just stuff like that where it's like, it just breaks everything for me. It's like, well, this is like a super violent fight they're having and now it's just a joke, right? It's just like Which silly. is the problem with this movie. It mm. doesn't commit to one or the other. But she, you know, she's very good and there's some cool, I like the part on the motorbike mm-hmm. with her, you know, there's some really cool stuff in it with her. Reese Darby plays Glenjamin. I didn't know he was called Glenjamin. He's a homeless person, basically. Not basically. He's just a homeless guy in a in an alley where this guy ends up with his guns on his hands and no pants on. So he has to in get this guy to help him put some pants on. Yeah, but um, and, and then, lay down some some uh, wisdom. And then, like the Truman Show, where it cuts to people who are watching the show every now and then. He's one of those people. Yeah, that's definitely a throw to Truman Show, yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, this is the ultra-violent Truman Show. Yeah. Um, Grant Bowler plays De Graves, and I was like, I know that guy, I've seen that guy somewhere. He's the host of The Amazing Race Australia. That's <laughs> who he is. He was also in um, True Blood. That's where we also seen him. Was he? Yes. Hmm. So, um, he doesn't get much to do, does he? Just Well, he's a big character for the main character, so mm-hmm. he just isn't a lot. That's another one that's that is kind of lost in there. That that's kind of a big deal, and then it's like, oh, <laughs> not a big deal. So, and then the big bad guy is Ned Dennehy. He's an Irish actor. He plays Rick Tor. Now he's a little over the top because he's crazy, right? But he also does it in just that little bit too much. Yeah, you know the caricature. Of the effed up bad guy. It's like a Mad Max character. You know, Fury Road. Those, yeah. Those guys from Fury Road who are crazy. But it's you like don't normally them. hear them talk. Right. But this is the guy who talks. Yeah. yeah. He looks like he stepped out of Mad Max. That's what I was like. Kind oh. of, yeah. He's just like, <laughs> like he's, but the crazy bald guy with the makeup on his face. and with but, um, tattoos. Yeah, but what he did, uh, I thought was 
It wasn't intimidating, particularly. Correct. He seemed a little wimpy. Because like silly? Whenever bit. he didn't get his way, he kind of reverted to being a little bit, like, weakly. Weak. You know? Just a... He yeah. wasn't full-on murder man. He was hiding behind a lot of the bells and whistles. Yeah, you know? not frightening like one of the devil's rejects no. or something. No. Oh, no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah, but more no. like I'm a cartoon buddy. Yes, very cartoony. In fact, here we go. Turbo Kid, the buddy from that with the bald head, is just like that. Maybe that was mm. what was reminding me of it. So this is directed by Jason Lee Howden. He's a New Zealand director. He directed the movie I said earlier, Deathgasm, which you actually saw, weirdly. Mm-hmm. And you rated that movie because you told me it was good. Yeah, it's fun. It's like a fun, wacky teenage romp of... Horror. Horror, gore, and the excessive kind of like um, Dead Alive, you know, early Peter Jackson or Evil Dead kind of special yeah. effects. I like those kind of movies. Yeah, but it's fun. So, yeah, um, I think he did a fairly good job here. I don't think the idea is um, as good as what it could be. Yeah, it's like capitalizing on modern times kind of idea. Yeah. Not fully. You feel like you've seen the idea already in in other films, but um, maybe not this violent. And if the idea was to take a person who's nonviolent but just has something to say about it and then just... easily turn him violent well that you've accomplished your goal but if the idea is to take this person and make him like look i'm not going to use these guns even if you bolt them to my hands i'm not going to do it and have him be able to come through the opening the middle and the resolution of this entire story with that commitment right yeah true. with maybe a failing here or there you know just that the idea of that person holding on to something about themselves but that didn't happen here's another movie that this movie is like that i didn't mention and it's crank yeah kind of cranks like bananas it's like the the camera's cutting every two seconds using every like trick on the book every lighting trick it gets every... a bit wears on you yeah but crank uh, and the reason i said that is these are the imdb reviews People on IMDb who didn't like this movie and gave it a 1 out of 10. They're the people we're interested in. <laughs> yeah. So the first guy well, says... Well, you're interested. I could leave them alone for the rest of my life and I'd be fine. This guy says, this is a boring version of Crank. <laughs> it's one of those high-octane thrill ride type of films that feels like it was made by a high schooler. And I did say that to you earlier. Yep, it did it feel that It felt like a little. college movie. But it's got a better budget than a you know, college movie. Uh, the way the way the film was marketed makes me think of Crank, but it is so poorly written, and the characters are idiots. That's what he says. I mean, kind of, but is that you could make an argument? Yeah, because we're trying to portray how stupid everybody is nowadays. <laughs> you know, I mean, you could say that. I don't think that was the goal, but this one says, "I couldn't watch for more than fifteen minutes." I've also always thought of Daniel as a respectable boy who would only be in decent movies. But this bathroom humor and action. What's next, Daniel? A movie about a star, 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 star tournament in a public lavatory. <laughs> Don't know what he means, but I can. How many stars? Four. Mm. F-U-C-K? Fuck tournament in public <laughs> lavatories. Maybe. I was trying to be polite. Skip it if you want to keep a positive image of Daniel Radcliffe. Hmm. Pick on the guy for doing his job. Doing his job well, apparently, because that's what that means, right? Yeah. 
Um, and this guy says, worst movie ever, no one wears a hat. All right. You're right. That does make it pretty bad. I can't remember a hat in the movie. Not true. Oh, maybe a leather mask. Loads of those minions had like weird hats on. So why does this guy have a hat? Why is he? Noticed? He's just making a stupid comment. Well, pick up on that. It's just being so an he idiot. was wrong. I, I I want to reply and tell him he was wrong. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's saying it on purpose. <laughs> um. So yeah, no hat. So those are the people who didn't like this movie. Probably, like, probably a lot of I can see why people wouldn't like it though. I can be objective and say like I enjoy this movie, but I totally get. All of the weaknesses and why someone would be like, oh, I do too. So it's too much and it's not got a good story. And, you know, when he says to you, this is not a love story. And then basically it is kind of, but then it isn't, but not like committed to that either. It's not written in a way that pulls you out of the love story into like hero story or anything like that. So I get why people might watch it and be like, what was that? Like what? What does this give to me? Apart yeah. from loads of violence. And if constant violence, which I don't find that super entertaining, isn't entertaining enough for you, and I can overlook it because I'm digging the rest of the vibe of the movie, not everyone does that. Yeah, true. So, yeah, I'm, like, in the middle on it. I said that to you. Mm-hmm. So, like, I do like this kind of, you know, thing, but they're, they're quite forgettable quickly, you know, unless they've got something really about them, like Ready or Not that we saw, which was... It just had something about it that I remember and I really liked. Kind of, know. but then him having the guns fastened I mean, to his hands thing, is one, like, that's action figure memory kind of thing you could say, I guess. So, um, that is Guns Akimbo. We, I would give it a score of, um, like a five out of ten. Yeah, just barely over five, because it's above average in its effort to look interesting. Yeah. I mean, and was, I feel like everyone was committed to their character in a way that made sense, except the the guy who should have been like the really scary bad guy who wasn't that scary. No, so uh, sorry, th- sorry, dude, if you're listening to this, but it just maybe you were supposed to be wacky and weird, but that wasn't very scary. So thank you to Lionsgate. Uh, next week we will review another movie. I don't know what it is yet, so I won't tell you. What well, makes me think if we're doing this review and we say bad things about a movie, then some of these movie makers might come at us. <laughs> this guy, this bad guy in this movie didn't like. Oh, yeah, people commenting. That Harry Potter was insulting the people who were supporting him. And so if we're, oh, see, makes you want to. Don't call him give, Harry Potter. Give That's everybody what, a nice You're reason. just identifying him by his most famous role. True. Daniel is his name. Daniel. I don't know him personally, so I have to call him Mr. Radcliffe. Oh, okay. So Mr. I'm going to call him Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> well. Okay, so um, movie recommendations. I will recommend you a very, very, very independent movie called Turbo Kid. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, it's like a throwback to the eighties BMX. It's like BMX meets Mad Max meets Evil Dead kind of violence, kind of goofy gore, mm-hmm. um, and it's just and it's got a real heart to it. And it's quite touching. Do you remember the mm-hmm. Poppy character? Yep. I just really liked all that about it. It's got cool 80s synth music. You've probably never seen it, I'm guessing. because it's it, got a mixture of cynicism and hopelessness, but then yeah. hopefulness and it's just really there's going to be a there's going to be a better day kind of vibe. Yeah. So if you like BMXs, the 80s, synth music, gore, it's called mm-hmm. Turbo Kid. Um, and I'm 
Most people didn't see it, I'm sure. So, see it. I don't know where you can see it, but you can see it somewhere. And my other one is Nerve with Emma Roberts, which I did really like that movie. It's just, a, I like the concept of it. Again, it was it like... It wasn't a, great. No, I, I don't know why I like it so much, mm. but I do like it. I like the the overall concept and the, you know, it it kind of did what it was trying to do better than True. this movie did, I think. Like, because it, you know, it was a different vibe, but it was the same. Like, people are watching it on the cell phones and it's getting mm. out of hand and tons of people are watching and it's becoming a phenomenon, you know, like this is. But it was too pretentious. Like, it was too... Mm. It was more Hollywoody, let's say. Than yeah. It was more like, like it was made for like, you know, 15 year olds, <laughs> really, because it wasn't gruesome or anything. But I just like the concept. So Nerve and Turbo Kid are my... Now, mine are, for this year, I have been doing one certain system where I'm recommending a movie from 100 years ago and one from... Excuse me, I'm going to yawn. Are we boring you? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think my brain's hot. If you look it up, that's why why you yawn. Um, it's true. If you look it up, it's on the internet. I'm going to recommend for today because it is our Fourth of July for all of its you know glitz and glamour. I'm going to recommend two movies that just came to the front of my mind. One is called Born on Fourth of July with Mr. Cruz, and one with Independence Day with Mr. Will Smith. You've mentioned it already. We know what it's about. It's a great. I went and saw movie. it. I lived alone in Florida after my first divorce. <laughs> only one so far. <laughs> oh, sorry. You only had one, yeah. That's what. <laughs> I said first. <laughs> that's a wife joke. We we all get it, don't we, ladies? Okay. Um, I went on the Fourth of July to see Independence Day in the theater by myself with my very low budget. I had barely any money. I had no car. I had to take a bus to the theater. I had to wait two hours because the bus was early in the morning for the first movie to start, like at 9.45 in the morning. So I was up super early to get on the bus to go watch movies all day, and this was one of them. I just go would watch all the movies that I could in the time before the last bus would leave this area and then go back to where I lived. So it sounds like such a sub story. <laughs> and I had enough punches in my card because if you go to enough movies you get these punches and then you get like free viewings or free popcorn I had enough to spend this whole day doing this and so the first movie of that day was Independence Day and so when it comes up on the screen you know it says like today Independence Day or whatever and you're like oh that is today (laughs) yeah exactly yeah and Born on the Fourth of July is just one of those intense you know melodramatic character driven making a statement kind of movies with Tom Cruise in it. All right. So, Ace Scully stuff. I played exactly one game this week, The Last of Us Part 2. Sid Talk, weirdly, mm-hmm. has watched the entire game. Yep. Why is that weird? You don't generally watch me play an entire True, game. True, but this is like a TV show, like an episodic, you know, we sit down, we watch a couple TV shows, then you play this game for a couple hours. That's our evening entertainment. Uh, and I believe tonight we're, we'll probably finish this game. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, how has it been so far? To watch it? It's, yes. It's an interesting story. I like the sort of... I don't... We don't want to spoil anything, so don't talk about any of it. I think that would be unreasonable. We will after we've finished it. And yeah, we'll warn after you about the end. It. But yeah. 
I just find it pretty riveting. And what I find my interactive part of me is, and I said to you the other day, how do you get through any games without me? Because you miss a lot of stuff. You miss a lot of things to pick up and you don't see the bad guy over there and you don't see the thing over there. And I'm like, where are you going? It's over. It's right there. Like, and I'll point and you're like, what? I'm like, it's right there. Yeah. And then you go, (laughs) I'm like, how do you play? You've played games for 40 years. How have you succeeded without me? I don't even understand. So that's my interactive part of it. And for a while, I didn't even tell you. I'd be like, he just walked past a whole bunch of ammo. But okay, I guess he's just not picking it up. Then I told you and you're like, I'm missing a bunch of stuff. So I decided to start telling you. I'm pretty thorough, though. Uh, you think so. Yeah. <laughs> I probably won't have collected all the notes and all that stuff at the end, though. You're pretty good. Like, this game puts notes that tells you sort of the... Some of it has nothing to do with your part of this game. It's just story world in this building. world. Yeah, the world has had a weird thing happen, and um, people I mean, people know, survive. the foot... We, that's not a spoiler, because this is the second game. So mm. We've talked about the first game before. We both- well, I mean, I don't even know what happened. I don't know what caused the clicker people. So I just say that a weird thing happened, because I don't know what it is. Right. I have no idea where the... How it happened. Something disease- to do with a mushroom, if I remember. That's right, but... A fungus that somebody got inside somebody. Okay. Now, um, and I think the whole thing was about nature taking us it back and all that stuff Mm. and it was and it was based on a real thing there is some kind of mushroom no it's not the mushroom thing it was about the zombie wasp or whatever where it would crawl in the brain of the bug and the control control the body of it to go walk to where it wanted to get the food without it being in control of itself so it's you know last of us is like it's like a zombie invasion type thing but it's not zombies well, it is kind of, but it's mm-hmm. not, right? And like we've said, uh, the way that it is portrayed, and when when you hear like a fresh one that's just been infected, and you can hear them kind of talking to themselves. Mm-hmm. Or sound like they're in great pain, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of more horrific that way. But I liked your idea to do at least one um, one chapter or one, even a whole downloadable additional game or whatever, you know, like, like a couple on, hours, yeah. where... It's a guy, you're playing as this guy who works in an office or whatever, and he is exposed to the spores. The spores are what give you the, you make you turn into this, or one of them bites you, of course. That's the zombie reference of in every zombie story. And then you're following this person. You actually play as him, either day of outbreak, right? Because day of outbreak is like the day. It all, all the shit went down on one particular day. And then in 2013. Right. And so for us to follow him and be him, through whatever starting to happen to you, you know, as you become one of these. And then later in the game, you recognize this guy, but you're like the hero person now and you have to kill him because he's going to come at you. So that would be an interesting take, I think. Yeah, I was thinking in the first game, the infected... There you go, Naughty Dog. We just wrote a game for you. Yeah, in the first game, the infected that stands out the most to me is when you get to the high school and they get inside the gym... And it's the first time you see a bloater and the bloater barges in through the door and you fight it inside the gym, right? That's the most reckon. That's mm. the one where I'm like, yeah, that I think of that baddie. And like, I, I, in my mind, he was the gym teacher or something and he was just stuck in the school. <laughs> oh, right. But he'd be the good one. He'd be the one maybe that you play as 
for a while. You live his life. And then he busts through that door, and you know, as you're busting through that door, as the... Right, after you've played the game. You know that Ellie and Joel are about to blast him. And then you're nothing, because to the pers- to all the heroes in every zombie movie or zombie game, or whether or not it's a zombie, um, you are just one of the horde. You're nothing. So killing 50 zombies, right, in Walking Dead, in the show or in the games, they were people. Yeah. All of them were people. <laughs> and now you're just mowing them down. So I just think that would be an interesting, if you could get the real gist of what it is to become that creature, that'd be really interesting. The uh, Last of Us 2, though, is an epic game. If you like a big, giant, story-driven game, that is what it is. Agree. I mean... We I put, enjoy it. We played it for You're nearly, making me want to go do it right now. Yeah, we played it for nearly 30 hours. <laughs> and we're, you know, we haven't been repeating stuff. We've been just going through the story. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a real giant game. And it is... I, you know, I've played tons and tons of games... It is the highest level of game, as in create uh, technically. It looks amazing. I mean, seriously, yeah. amazing. The the technology, the polish, like of it, the voice acting, the motion capture, the story, the way it's all put together is there's nothing really. I mean, there's a few, but not a lot at that level. So if you really enjoy high quality violent video game it's pretty violent and it's stressful you i'd play i'd play it on ultra easy if i was actually doing it i'm just even playing then. it on regular yeah like and i would be so dead constantly there's so. uh five difficulty levels so you you know i'm playing on the me the one in the middle <laughs> so, i mean you can go super hardcore and like you can only take one hit but I don't, I don't find that fun you know that would not be fun no, maybe something to this do... This from the person who plays The Sims with all the cheat codes. Like, that is yeah. my level of fun. Every cheat code you can give me, I'm in. I had a friend, unfortunately, who's passed away, who would always choose the very, very hardest difficulty. He was some kind of narcissist. And then he would That's say not a narcissist. To, that's a sadist. A sadist. He would say <laughs> to me, like, it's taken me, like, three weeks to get through this new Call of Duty. Have you finished it yet? And I'm like, yeah, it was, like, really short, like, five hours. What level do you play it on? I'm like, normal. He's like, oh, I play it on like hard, the harder than hard one. I'm like, why? <laughs> well, I want to get that trophy, you know? You would at least play it on the next one down first, <laughs> no, right? No, and no, then no. work your way up. <laughs> and, and that was, he did that with every he game. He was an intense guy. And I was always like, he'll say like, spent 90 hours trying to finish that game. And I'll be like, 90 hours? Well, you just told everyone we played this one for 30 yeah, well, this one would have took him like... Some people would be like, oh, must be nice to have 30 hours of your life. Well, that's just, it's the same as somebody sitting down and watching a four-hour football game every Sunday. Just watch it every week. He's going to add up to 30 hours eventually. That's true. So um, what is for dinner, Sid Talk? I think tonight we're going to go with the Impossible Whopper. But, but then I'm Is it thinking, closed? That's what I'm thinking. But we also have... We're telling you this because we're vegetarian. We've been vegetarian, as you pointed out, more than 10 years now. It was 2009. And um, we still like junk food, and we still don't eat super healthy. I have sitting next to me a plate that had three pieces of homemade bread on it with an apple butter that I was dipping it in. We're not like, you know, you're fit. I'm not. I'm of a round vegetarian. (laughs) But that vegetarian eating, not eating meat is really nothing. You just... Don't eat the meat. I really fancy Impossible. This week we did try 
Oh, yes, we did. We tried the impossible meat that we bought at the store. And after I cooked it just right, somewhat get scared by this, but last year, 2019, I had a virus. I lost my sense of taste and smell in the middle of it. And of course, no one will test me or think, oh, that could, because this was February of 2019. So I haven't really gained that back yet. So some things are absolutely horrific. Like it tastes like I'm eating vomit that you've locked in my mouth and I can't get rid of. It's horrible. Or other things taste like road oil, what I would imagine it tastes like to lick a road. I mean, it's very odd what it does to your sense of taste. And so I've been eating, unfortunately, more sugar, more salt, more crunchy things to mitigate this. Now, these burgers, because Impossible Whoppers are fine. Everything on that Impossible Whopper, it's like crunchy lettuce, and you've got a nice bun, and the burger itself has been fine. But the Impossible Meat, when I cooked it as described on the package, what did I do? I instantly was like, ugh. I wanted to spit it out. It has some kind of oil in it or whatever that triggers the grossness. So what I did was I thinned it out really, 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 really flat, cooked it a little bit more in the pan for a little bit longer, and then it was fine. Well, I'll say as a person who can taste just normally. (laughs) You loved um, it. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't taste like the Burger King Impossible Whopper. It tastes like, from what I can remember of eating a hamburger, like a homemade one. It tastes like homemade hamburger meat. I think that if I had a grill pan and put it in there, that you, mm-hmm. it would taste more like the uh, BK. It's really yummy. It's like um, it's like a strange... Or if I got one of those little barbecues that you could get, like the little $10 yeah. aluminum pan and barbecue it on there, I think that would taste like the Burger you, King one. Even if you eat meat or whatever, you, you should like get one of those impossible... I told my friend who, who's, not, who's a meat eater person to try it and tell me what he thinks of it as a meat eater person. Mm-hmm. So we'll get a review soon. Oh, is he, is he willing? Yeah. Not everyone's yeah, even cause willing. Yeah, because his wife, he said, likes that kind of stuff. So right. So get it and try it. I just think it's funny that people are like, oh, I'm not going to try it. They're trying to take away my meat. No, they're not. They're just trying to give other people an option. So if I go to Burger King with my mom and she gets a quarter pounder and I get the Impossible Whopper, everybody's happy. Why the fuck would that make anyone mad? I know, it's weird. It's really, really weird. I actually want someone to explain to me. How are you threatened by me having an option if I want to go to someplace with my friends to any fast food joint and I just happen to have a thing on the menu that I can also have and they can eat a steak burger. I don't give a shit. I don't care what you eat, right? I couldn't care less. So I don't understand the aversion to it. Like, it's weird. Also, if you're like a person and you like the Whopper, but you're trying to watch your cholesterol or mm-hmm. whatever, and you just use it, it's still plant, tastes yeah. like it's it. plant based, and yeah. so you're not getting the cholesterol. Now, it's not like super healthy or anything. You still get ketchup and mustard, Mayo and you get and cheese on it, and it's bread. And the thing itself isn't exact, it's not like low calorie or anything. No, but it just doesn't have the added meat cholesterol. And I do think it has salt, so you have to watch out for that. But so it's not health food, it's just an option. All right, so what is your. Um Advice, and then we'll get out of it. Well, my advice, my first bit of advice is, you know, the song. What does it say? (laughs) When the shit hits the fan. When the shit goes down. Yes. You better be ready. Yeah, that's a good one. And then also... That's from Cypress Hill. (laughs) From Cypress Hill. And then also, I just, you know, today's climate, politics, and all that stuff, it's ultra complicated, or it's ultra simple. It's, you know, we could look at it either way. But the way that people are defending 
their quote unquote own kind or their own way of life or this is the way of life. This is how it is. We're defending this so it won't be tore down or we're defending this so it can get better. Well, that thing you're defending, you do realize that that lifestyle or that any whatever it is was forged in the past by someone else who fought against the way it was before. So if, you know, America wasn't America a thousand years ago, England wasn't England 10,000 years ago, it's been around for a long time, but even then, like the, the British way of life, as people like to call these things, was forged by people fighting against or tearing down other people's way of life, invading and taking over and commandeering like traditions and getting rid of traditions and destroying languages and getting rid of peoples because they're in the way and getting rid of landmarks because they don't like them and they stand for something they don't believe in and they want to change the the narrative, change the way of this place now. And that happens over and over and over and over again. So I'm not saying don't fight for what you have or stand up for what you think is right, but before you start to insult someone for having a different point of view on it, maybe just think about like, if you think they're trying to tear down your way of life, just like us with the meat thing, no one's <laughs> not eating meat doesn't mean I want to take away your meat. But you wouldn't know that unless you talk to me about it. Because there are vegans and vegetarians in the world, vegans, mostly, some small faction who want there to be no exploitation of any animals of any kind by humans in any way, shape or form. I get that. That's their thing. It's not my thing. We're not vegan, right? But oh, instead of true. instead of insulting that vegan and being threatened by them, maybe have a discussion with them. Just figure out well, how did they come to that conclusion? Why do they feel that way? Why do they think that way? How do they want to go about t making the change that they want to make? And maybe in the process, they could learn about yours too. And there could be a little bit different thing than us versus them, right? Because let's say 200 years from now, nobody's eating animals anymore. Oh, how did that happen, right? And then all of a sudden, 200 years from now, somebody starts slaughtering cattle to eat them on a farm somewhere, and then an uprising happens so that everyone will eat meat again. Like, it just, it's like we're on a loop, right? I think that's how all of this works. And so, there's no advice in there, but just think about the thing you're standing up for. All right. Might be standing, built on the top of someone else's suffering or someone else's anything. Maybe not even suffering. It just disappeared because you are now taking its place. So, catch this podcast on com. All the services, including iTunes, Google. All the stuff. Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all of those. Or if you've got a smart device, smart speaker, just say to it, activate it, and then say... Listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn, and it will play you the latest episode. Email me, aschoolitaschoolit.com, or email Sid Talk, catch Sid Talk on Instagram, me on Twitter. You know, you'll know how to find us. <laughs> and finally, um, stay that classy. That sounds creepy. You know how to find us. <laughs> yeah. Stay classy, Mr. Daniel Radcliffe, not Harry Potter. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves, or someone will do it for you. And happy Independence Day.